Hi everyone, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. Joel and Andy today, and we're going to be talking about copy that sells. Andy, I've got some bad news for you. What's that? Can't see my cough sweet. I can hear your cough sweet. Oh, can you? Oh, <laughs> um, that might be the last time that you hear that music whilst we're recording. Oh, it hasn't been that long, has it? We're keeping the music. Right. But it's going into the edit. We won't uh, get to hear the intro anymore. I won't have to do intros that's anymore. My favorite. Can you really hear me? This cough sweet rattling around. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds delicious. You better talk more then. I've got a non-COVID cold. And of course... It You've had for three months. It always kicks in as soon as you start recording a bloody podcast. So I get my itchy, my itchy throat. Yeah. So, copy that sells. Why oh. copywriting matters. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, I think it's that... It's persuasion, really, what we're talking about. It's, it's why should someone read what you've written? And what? why should they get to the end of it? And... I mean, we talked about this on other podcasts, but the amount of websites, brochures, leaflets, bloody shop windows that just list benefits but don't tell you who they're for, what impact it'll have, what the result is, what the social proof is, is mind-boggling. Would you say that... I mean, how, how important would you say that copywriting is when it comes to creating marketing that sells? Marketing that moves the needle for you. Yeah, moving the needle. Um if you can't speak to people, and that, that might be verbally, it might be written copy, it might because it could be a, so it could be a script. Um, but if you can't speak to people and make them feel like you empathise with them, then your copy's not going to work. Basically, when we're talking like copy, we're talking websites, social media posts. They're they're a pretty bad, uh, a pretty bad thing, a pretty good example of where copywriting can be bad and. When people turn around and say, oh, Facebook's rubbish, doesn't work for me. Uh, one, they're probably not using Facebook adverts. They're trying to do everything organically. But you see some of the posts going up there. And we're not just talking about, obviously, spelling and grammar, although that is less important. Maybe it used to be. It still is important. Yeah. And our attitude is, well, what if the person who does care about apostrophes and spelling could have been your next biggest potential customer? Um, uh, and especially if you're paying to outsource it to someone, you want it to be right. But... We're talking about identifying the right target market through how you write. We're talking about um, hooking people in quickly. Yeah. We're talking about um, getting your points across quickly. Pain over—I mean, pain stacking. I mean, that's a massive one, isn't it? That I guess some businesses just don't know about. Yeah, yeah. Well, like the Ada framework as well. Attention, interest, oh, go desire. On. Attention, interest, desire. Um, the fact that. It, I mean, if you can't educate someone, if you can't, what what are the ones we say? This is Ada educate, friend. inspire, or entertain. Yeah, if you can't either help someone get away from the pain that they're in or push them towards pleasure, you're not going to resonate. And and that's and you know I think a lot of market you know marketing at the moment in particular a lot of people say that people will more readily move away from pain than they will towards pleasure. But Tony that, Robbins talks about that a lot, yeah. even like thirty odd years ago in his um what's what was his seminal book? Unleash the Giant Within. Yeah, the Giant Within, yeah. But he um Or Awaken, I can't remember. Something to the Giants anyway. But he 
means pain in a very loose term and i think people take it very literally so you'll see particularly because it's fashionable at the moment you'll see a lot of marketing copy out there about how horrible something is but actually what tony robbins means is the discomfort someone might be in so in in business owner terms that could be the fact you're not getting enough leads Mm -hmm. it could be uh the fact that you've not got enough time for your family so not Mm -hmm. not like oh isn't it awful when you're third vertebrae rubs against a disc in your back and you're screaming in pain and worse still no one cares it's it's the you're getting leads into your business but they're not the right kind of leads and worse still you're not quite sure where your growth is going to come from so you might have a very successful business but you just want to which is still quite removed from most copy we see which is still very much features led. I mean, yeah. benefits led is, is pretty good. And I think a lot of business owners realize that you want to talk about benefits over features. But we still do see a lot of copy that says, oh, we've been established since 1582. Yeah. We've got 10 practices across the UK, blah, blah. Well, so fucking what? Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like a little tweak, and I'm not a copywriter, but a little tweak. So we've been we've been established since 1822. We've got 37 practices throughout the UK so that you can trust we've been doing this for a long time. We know our onions and we're accessible to you wherever you are. There's a benefit. Yeah. And you might be thinking, well, that, you know, like teaching grandma to suck eggs, be surprised how what a difference that makes. It really is. You, you've got to make things simple. Just yeah. so you know it's great that you've got 500 years experience, but someone might not might not cotton on to that straight away. They yeah. might say, well, so, I don't, so and, what? And industries make that mistake. Mm. So accountants and solicitors make that mistake a lot. They think that because they've got hundreds of years of history, that that resonates with the man of today mm-hmm. or the woman of today. Mm-hmm. But if they've just moved on to zero and making tax digital, they couldn't give a shit if you were doing ledgers 200 years ago. And you've got to gauge your audience. Whereas, let's say you're a farrier and you've been... Your, your family has been doing horseshoes for 300 years. Well, it carries some weight because mm. the technique's still the same. Mm. And I think, yeah, you see that a lot where people try and trade on their heritage without understanding that sometimes heritage isn't a good thing. Yeah. Um, but those are two massively important words in copywriting so that to really make sure people realise why they should call you. We do this so that you... And that's the important one, the, the you, because that's all people want to know at the end of the day, mm. what's in it for me. So when they're reading your copy, when they're listening to your radio ad or, you know, watching your video on Facebook, all they're doing is thinking, great, what's in it for me? Yeah. And that could even be standing up at networking and doing your one minute elevator pitch. Whereas most people, from what I can remember in the networking days, would stand, oh, we do this, we do that, we do this, we do that. Give us some business and sit down. I made that mistake. And worse still, they probably say the same fucking script five years later. I remember making that mistake. Really? And but I guess unless you, you, you don't know what you don't know. We and do know now. Yeah. The hard way. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? That, you know, your elevator pitch is the same pitch, whether it's a Facebook ad, face-to-face networking, an expo, speaking from the stage, writing a book, and yet nearly everyone goes into business and makes the mistake of talking about what they do. Well, there's bloody hundreds of people that do what you do. No one gives a shit. What are you going to do for them? And it's... Because it... it really would be a case if I know... You, you, we talk about lawyers, don't we? I, I know, if you were presenting at a, a conference for lawyers and you said, right, I'm looking for a new lawyer, actually. Who, who sh- which one of you guys or, or ladies 
should I call and tell me why? And you know most of them are going to sit their hands up or call me because I'm professional or I'm reliable or I've got 52 offices or my practice has been here for 100 yeah, years. Yeah. It's like, no, anyone could, in this entire room could pretty much say the same thing. What do you do differently? What's unique about you to make me pick up the phone and call you rather than what's yeah. down the road? Like, uh, that's you, hard to do. If you've not read Wolf of Wall Street or watched the film, the uh, Jordan Belfort, sell me this pen. Mm. Everyone's used a pen. Everyone knows what a pen does. But sell me this pen. Why should I use this pen? Well, it's got a beautiful weight to it so that you don't get arthritis in your wrist and uh, the ink flows really nicely so you don't end up with any splodges on your page and smear your checks. And suddenly you're, you're building some copy that resonates. Yeah. Well, that's, that's all we to talk about, is it? Copy that sells. It's just like photography, you know. Having a picture that looks good and is well taken, it's great. It's, it's also got to do something, it's got to strike a chord. Yeah. And the words that you use, whether it's to accompany that photo or something separate, so important to take someone from thinking, well, firstly, hopefully the right person's reading your copy, you've done your targeting correctly, which you talked about before. How am I, right, here's me reading your post or website. How am I going to feel when I finish reading it? Am I going to be more likely to buy, ambivalent or less likely to buy? Because mm. we've seen cases where... Bad copy can literally do more harm than than good. That people were like, "Shit, I was quite interested before. I'm not. I ain't calling these guys now." What was it? Su- Susan's album party. Mm, mm, yeah, mm. you can could use capitalisation in hashtags. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's it it does matter, and I think maybe and I'm going to get precious now. I suppose I'm a copywriter, but because everyone can write, or most people can write, they don't attach any skill to it. So, so it's funny, actually, I was driving my mum to, to Wales yesterday. And she's like, oh, you know, what you got planned this month? And I said, oh, I've got a, a three-day conference. Uh, is it next week? Are we going to London? Very soon. Um, yeah, sure. Going to London for three days. Um, and I said, oh, it's, it's about uh, leadership and stuff like that. Well, you've been stuff on leadership before. Why are you doing it again? And I was like, because I have to keep learning, mum. And it's the same with copywriting. Just because I've been copywriting for years and... Uh, there's always stuff to learn, but some people don't think they've got to learn anything. Well, I know how to write, so why do I need to listen to these guys' podcasts about how to write copy that sells? I'm so, I'm so glad you read Think Like a Monk over Christmas, because uh, that'll really feed into to what we're doing in a couple of weeks. Well, I, I got into him because, um, well, I, I knew Jay Shetty is, but because he'd given a testimonial to JP. So of course he had. Jean-Pierre course he had. de Villiers, who's a... Who's, uh, well, not a life coach, what do you call it? Performance coach. Performance coach and professional athlete. He's got like bloody testimonials on his website from like Sam Claflin, who's been in the Hunger Games films, and Jay Shetty. Um, and I started doing some more digging on Jay Shetty. And then I've got his book now. Hey, it's brilliant. I'm, I'm, all, I'm like half monk. I remember you saying about Andy 2.0 last year. 3.0 so. is coming. Scary. Not yet. Scary stuff. We'll see what it's like when the pressure's turned off. <laughs> Go back to Andy 1.0. Yeah, there was a bit of that last year, I think, for both of us. <laughs> so. Oh, yes. A challenging year. So, I guess, copy that sells. If if you've never written copy as such, you know, you're, maybe you're launching your business, maybe mm-hmm. um, your business going to the next level. So mm-hmm. you're going from a five-figure business to a six-figure mm-hmm. and beyond. What what are the things people need to focus on? Um be ready to learn, willing to learn. Um, 
I'd recommend starting with uh, Ogilvy, Ogilvy on advertising. I'd recommend pretty much anything that Dan Kennedy's written. And, and generally speaking, that's a best place to start for a lot of things. Just go onto Amazon or go into your local bookstore or whatever. And there are books about this stuff out there. Listen to, you know, a lot of our podcasts are about copywriting. A lot of the emails we send are about copywriting, email marketing, Facebook advertising. So the knowledge is out there. So start following some of these people, reading some of these people's stuff. And some of it will resonate with you, some won't. Dan Kennedy, in terms of learning how to write copy sales, he's great. Some people might find some of his values a bit outdated. So maybe it's not for him. Same with Ogilvy. But guess what? Most super successful people, they are quite divisive. A bit Marmite, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So just find someone who, whose values align with your own but obviously knows their shit. There's no point being with someone whose values are lying with their own, but they're actually crap at what they do. Just, but, but you like them because they're nice. Nice won't pay the bills. Writing copy that's well, uh, well spelt out and, and is grammatically correct, but is nice, but doesn't sell, again, that yeah, won't pay the yeah, bills. Well, yeah, it's something you touched on before. We, we know very good marketers who can write very compelling copy, and it's riddled with errors. But because it's so compelling, they get away with it. Now, better still, it doesn't have any errors in. But you can't just play it nice. And I think also don't make that error. You can you you can learn something from anyone. And just because you don't like someone or you don't like their tonality or how they deliver videos on Facebook, no names mentioned. <laughs> but you can still learn a lot from them. Their techniques might be fantastic. You know, I don't think Alex Ferguson was necessarily a particularly likable character in terms of football management, but he was a brilliant football manager. And there can't be a football manager in the world now that hasn't learned something from him. And it, it's that kind of, you know, I was going to say, uh, pick up some James Patterson novels because okay. uh, he writes in very, very short, very easy to read sentences. And if you can use that to impact your copy for a business purpose it just makes it really easy to digest um so if you can combine you know like you say kennedy ogilvy frank kern Mm -hmm. with kind of a bit of patterson Mm -hmm. so every time you're tempted to use a comma just see if it could be a full stop because it just makes it so much easier to digest every time you put a new paragraph in just go check the paragraph before to see if that could be split up because particularly if it's a social media post or an email Break it up, make it easy, make it easy to digest, easy chunks. Yeah, that, that's yeah, massively important point. That sometimes there's you, you get carried away. You're writing, you're so enthused about your own business, so you could just write about it forever. But again, you've got to put yourself in your potential customer's shoes, and you'd be writing this massively long sentence or massively long paragraph. It's like if that's taken up literally the whole of someone's phone screen, which is probably how they're going to con- be consuming your content just visually not appealing and you've lost them that's why uh, a lot of maybe emails you subscribe to if you're subscribed to any good people could almost be like a series of one lines I mean my own mentor his emails are pretty much all one lines and his spelling is awful but how he writes emails and the message and the heart and the success he has is undeniable and and he's learned from a brilliant Mm. copywriter oh absolutely And I mean, some of the people he's taught, you know, on, on daily email practices, which which is something, you know, if we're talking about email copy, you can have the best copy in the world. But if you're sending emails out once a month, once every other month, uh, you know, we talk to people almost on a weekly basis who say, OK, well, I want you guys to, to do my email marketing, but I'm 
bit uncomfortable sending more than one a fortnight or one a month. Well, we can't help you then. You know, I'm not saying everyone has to do daily emails because um, not, not, not many people can think of something interesting of value to share every day. But if possible, you want to be sending emails at least once a week. And I've got to be honest, if you can't come up with something of value to share at least once a week, you, you're probably in you're trouble. You're in the wrong business. Yeah, yeah. you're in trouble. Um, and which comes down to fear and maybe fear of learning, fear of being seen as salesy and spammy, which we know a lot of people have. Oh, no, I can't do that. Oh, that would be almost a bit vulgar. Oh, I mustn't advertise. Yeah, see, I, I think there's a perspective shift there that if you're unsure about frequency of emails, you need to get your head away from the idea about the frequency of the email because you're not bothering someone if you give them something of value. Now, I know from personal experience that the the trick there is to not feel like you're giving your game away because ultimately, even if you did give them a step-by-step guide over a series of 50 emails in how to do what you do, they won't do it. Mm-hmm. They won't have the application, the time, the inclination to do it. So the more value you can give away for free in these emails or in your guidebook or in your novel or your brochure, your website, the more it's going to come back to you. The, it, it's just one of the, it's one of life's rules that essentially the more, I mean, we talked about this in the other podcast, but the more you give, the more you get. And I think if you can switch your perspective and say, I'm going to provide so much value in my outgoing outbound emails that if someone unsubscribes, I won't be offended because it must not have been for them. They can't see the value. Then, oh god, we used to obsess over our unsubscribe rates. I, I mean, I look probably once a month now because obviously, if those numbers shoot up, there probably is a problem. Yeah, if you do, uh, I mean, in our system, it's called a broadcast. But if you do a one-off email, important to check your unsubscribe rate on that because it could be that that offer didn't resonate or it put people off or it was a bit too salesy, but. Your general marketing emails, the ones where you're providing value and giving stuff away for free, if people are unsubscribing, that's a good thing. It's cleaning your list. Absolutely. It's, it's like, um, you know, I've seen Facebook pages where pretty much every post is just buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Well, surprise, surprise, you're probably not going to get much traction. You might get the odd sale here and there. That's great. You might get lots of lols and likes off your mum and dad and brother and stuff. And again, that's that's nice. But that won't pay the bills. Um, and your website oh get loads of traffic get loads of traffic well you ain't getting many inquiries to your website so so many people work on seo or using ads to drive people to the website brilliant if that website copy doesn't take that person from slightly interest into holy shit i've got to inquire now then it's not doing its job yeah you're leaving your money on leaving money on the table yeah and i think um a lot of time marketing you're looking at one half of the battle whereas you've got to look at the whole the whole war plan basically yeah and the temptation is to blame isn't it it's very hard for a copywriter let's say but someone writing copy for their business it's very hard to just go well maybe my copy was shit or maybe i laid out my copy badly or maybe my delivery was wrong maybe the font's not big enough Mm -hmm. on the website and much much easier to go well our competitors ran a sale that month or uh, the weather was terrible or yeah. it was Christmas so no one was going to mm-hmm. buy or oh, we were competing with Black Friday or 
the sun had come out, so everyone had gone to the pub and the beach. That's that's, yeah. that's that was a new one, wasn't it? In the summer, just gone. Yeah. There's, everyone used to say, "Oh, it's crap weather, so no one's interested." And then suddenly it was, "Oh, it's good weather, so everyone's too busy." It's like, well, which way which do you want it? it? Yeah, yeah. And, and just that being able to look inwards will serve you really well with your copywriting. To just say, "Well, what can I do that that will drive people towards their destination and serve them?" within my written word and not even one percent of businesses are doing that no and i say i mean the the, a bombshell is your copy will never be good enough every time i'll go onto our website or open our brochure i'll see something i want to change and you've got to be okay with that if you're if you're still months later working on getting your brochure from 95 percent happy to 100 percent happy Get that fucking brochure printed. Yeah, yeah. And what you'll find as well is in six months or 12 months' time, you'll have to change it anyway. Yeah. Um, even if the prices and everything are right and the pictures are right, trends change. So the way people talk, the copy, the way they say things changes. And so your copy has to evolve anyway. Like, if you write something, I, I will instantly recognise it. I know how you write. And equally, you wouldn't recognise something that I've written just from the amount of time we've spent together. But I also know that when you write something that you think about the context and what's going on in the world at the time and, you know, I mean, you made reference to the latest Spider-Man film in, in one of your emails. So it's it's of its moment. In a year's time, you can't send that email again because in this instance, that, well, there won't be a Spider-Man, but well, there might be. But it's, it's Well, I remember, you know, so, so where are we now? January the 4th. So I bet come February... I'll still be seeing content out there talking about the new year. Um, and I know this happened a New lot. year, new you, and Oh, fucking hell, yeah. Bloody hell, yes. If you're using that phrase in your marketing every January, please find... find Go fuck yourself. <laughs> well, OK, do what you're saying. Something I know, last February, there, I still saw ads getting served to me talking about the new year. So it's like, your copy, some of your copy, as you said, will be of its time. So if you're going to talk about the new year... Don't be talking about it in February. Cut that shit off halfway through January or maybe the end of January. Then move on. So accept that things will never be... Even our book, I mean, God, blood, sweat and tears went into writing and, and, and getting our book out there. Amazon bestseller now in four countries. Brilliant. Love it. But I know, if so I've read the book a few times, but I know if, even if I started rereading it again now, I'd be like, oh, Joel... I, I want to change that line. Uh, oh, what about? Oh no, let's change that bullet point. And I read it over Christmas. Oh, did you? And genuinely cringed at bits. No, oh, sure. As long not, as they were your chapters. That's, that's right. not to say there isn't tremendous value in the book, and there's nothing in there that's wrong. But I wouldn't write it like that now. Mm. And that's a year later. So and a bit more. Um, but just because of how I've changed, how the world's changed, how. Uh, there's so many factors that influence what I mean a joke we make on our website quite a lot and we've made it in previous brochures is about having things just right like Monica from Friends oh right okay yeah um, and that's still roughly relevant because it's I'd, still on Netflix that's okay it's coming off isn't it this month this month actually. yeah I can really change that so our but our demographic is people you know between my age and 60 let's say and so they mm. Friends was a culturally very significant thing. Now, in five years' time, that probably won't have... That'll be a poor reference. And 
maybe the reference will be something from Big Bang Theory or I don't know. We've been watching Young Sheldon. Have you? Yeah. We, uh, I think we're on season three. Amazing. Really? Yeah. Watch it with Holly and Maddie. Do you watch. like Big Bang Theory then? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not. Not How too keen, yeah. Oh, okay. No, it's yeah, really good. But I mean, the, the book, the most important thing is that book is out there helping business owners and, of course, yes, generating inquiries for code break. So it ain't 100% perfect, but it's out there. And that's why the perfect sales letter, the perfect social media post, the perfect email, it, it just doesn't exist. And mm. I think that can be a bit of a stumble up to people's copyright. Oh, no, we need to tweak that. Oh, I'll come back to that tomorrow. I need to, I'll come back to it tomorrow. And tomorrow never comes. And I'm not saying post shit. If you're only 20% happy, yes, don't send it out. But when you get sort of 85, 90% happy, just get it out of there. There is no tomorrow. Apollo Creed, Rocky 3. Oh, really? On the beach, very cross, when Rocky doesn't run fast enough. Sorry, I digress. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> is it weird to know the entire script of Rocky 1 through 5? You always, I've, I think I've only seen Rocky 3 once. Should we end the podcast there? I've seen Rocky Four loads. <laughs> you know why? I don't like seeing BA as the bad guy, I think. I think subconsciously I'd say, no, he's it's BA from the 18th. I like, don't understand how he didn't get more work after doing such a good job of Club Alang, because he was properly horrible. Was that what year? 83? Yeah, got to be, yeah. So that, that's the, the A-team's heyday, isn't it? No, is it, a, a, is it just... A-team was 82 to 87, I think. But he got himself in serious shape for Rocky Three, and he doesn't look in shape in the end. <laughs> He's a big guy, I wouldn't argue with him, but... Yeah, I'm pretty sure. How do we get to that, Rocky Three? My Some reference. Quote. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Yeah, well, yeah, I know where I was going now. So, we're in a few masterminds, and one of the things that happens at masterminds is they ask you to score yourself out of 10 on various things. And it amazes me every time how many people in the room score themselves tens on stuff. Because in my head, very vain. Well, in my head, to be a ten, you've got to be immaculate at whatever that thing is. So you've got to be perfect at it. And what we're saying here in terms of copywriting is, if you're aiming for perfect, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Mm -hmm. You'll never get anything done. Mm -hmm. So there's a real opportunity there. I think of there's these people who think they're a ten at things. And they just can't be. And I, it really bothers me because I sit there and, like, you know, some of our coaches have said to us, bloody hell, Joel, you've given yourself a low score there. And I'm sat there going, no, everyone else is talking shit. I'm the yes, only one telling yeah. the truth. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because uh, say if you're, I don't know, maybe prospecting when it's face-to-face -face on the phone and, I don't know, we're in the business of generating appointments, um, do a lot of work with the health, health and well-being businesses. So if we're talking to someone, it's like, well, you know, what's what's great about your appointment generating for your business? And and it turns out they, they reckon, they're brilliant, like, well, I'll, I'll probably move on and I won't try and prospect you. Because some people, they they are generally good at writing or generally good at generating appointments or whatever it might be. But, yeah, some people are in cuckoo land, cause it's, especially when it comes to copies. Oh, yeah, mm. no, I, I, no, I don't need help on that front. My emails are brilliant. Well, no, I subscribe to your emails, and obviously you don't offend anyone. But it's like, shit, man, you've got to, got to get a second opinion. And um, so many people don't. They don't ask for. Rarely will I write something, uh, a piece of marketing that's going to go out, without me getting it sense checked. Yeah, 
like a, a fresh pair of eyes can it's, sometimes it's marginal gains it's mm. marginal gains you know we're a marketing company we should be good at copy we should be good at design we should be good at ads you know but that doesn't mean I wouldn't show you my work and you wouldn't show me your work because why wouldn't we try and eke an extra 5% out that's not aiming for perfection that's just using our resources effectively and that always surprises me like someone the amount of business owners you meet who let's say in 2022 I'm going to send a newsletter every day alright awesome come next week they'll have stopped yeah and it's not because they can't write good copy they can but it just takes them too long so they'd be better off outsourcing it and just you know finding a really a really strong copywriter this is the tonality I want here's a couple of examples of ones I've written that I want you to base it on uh, can you deliver me seven every week I mean I'd say most of our done for you clients they're great marketers they just like I said they just haven't got the time or some of them hand on heart they, they admit they just haven't got the inclination yeah yeah, yeah. they can do it I, they just rather spend more time with their kids or whatever it might be yeah, it's no like, one I'd rather pay you to do it no one's going to be more passionate about your product or service than you are so if you can turn that passion into uh, your a, a cohesive narrative you're essentially a good marketer of that thing mm-hmm. but the problem is you probably haven't got time so yeah if, if the best thing for driving your business is to send an email every day then maybe you should be doing it but I doubt that that should be your number one priority if you're I don't know running a nuclear plant or something yeah yeah, yeah no absolutely absolutely so what are, what are the sort of top tips you can give then obviously I mean copywriter does matter it's, it's there nothing even a video to take someone from being slightly interested because again you target them properly to being ready to buy or ready to refer or certainly a lot more interested that could be a video because your video is going to be based on a script based on words um so crucially important i think that if you're unsure if you've never studied copywriting even if you think you're the best copywriter in the world i think people like ogilvy kennedy um are great people great people to start with um so I think go and have a look at some of their stuff. I think the, the pain stacking is hugely important um, rather than talking about your features. It's all about what's in it for me. Mm. If you say, right, okay, well, like you say, that pain, it could be discomfort. It could be, I know I need more leads. I would I want to spend more time with my kids. That's what stopped me spending more time with my kids. The fact that my marketing's taking me so that's, long. That's a massive point. I was just going through my head then. You know, we mentioned that it's not about severe pain necessarily. Mm. So it's not, you know... But when Dyson released a better vacuum cleaner, nobody knew they needed it. It's the fact that it saves them time so they're able to spend more time with their family or less time faffing about trying to put a bag in the vacuum mm-hmm. cleaner. It's The pain point wasn't the fact that the carpet wasn't clean enough. The pain point was that it either took too long or it was too much of a faff. And so therefore taking time out of their day. And, time is a currency of life. Yeah, and that's... That's, I guess, my number one takeaway for this pod would be figure out the problem that you solve, point out the problem. So that's the Mm -hmm. the pain stack. Point out the problem, show how you solve it with some proof, and then talk about what the benefit of you solving it is. So Dyson's example, the problem was, let's say the problem was taking a bag out of a hoover is an absolute faff and what you end up doing is getting dust all over the carpet trying to bloody empty the hoover 
So here's a here's a bagless vacuum cleaner. And here's some people who bought the bagless vacuum cleaner who say the bagless vacuum cleaner is great and in fact does a better job than the other vacuum cleaners so that they can spend more time with their families, more time relaxing, less time cleaning, yada, yada, yada. Excellent. Excellent. I think another good tip would be to summarise your business in one line. Is it Einstein said if you can't explain your, uh, what you do in, in, uh, to a six-year-old? Right you don't right. understand it well enough? Hit me. We generate appointments for health and well-being businesses. Nice. There we go. Not, um, but what we do marketing, Joel, and that could involve uh, email marketing. And there was no and, ed- there was uh, no edit there. You didn't hesitate. And then you got oh, how many times you see it at, at network? We talk about networking a lot. But that was a big part of uh, how how we my grew our business. If anyone wants to advertise to me, you can pay in stake by saying sick of getting up at five in the morning and driving. 80 miles to talk to people that don't really want to talk to you. Yeah, we can certainly give tips on how to make the most of uh, networking, that's for sure, because I think a lot of people do it wrong. And, and some people, especially, no disrespect to employees, sometimes if it's an employee you're sending, they can sort of just go through the motions. They get a free breakfast, a bit of a jolly. They're there to represent your company, and they're there to help serve other people in the room, and, and, and ideally some of that will come back to you as well but yeah you've got to be able to summarize what you do if you can't or if all you say is what any other competitor would say and that's like the old test about an ad isn't it if, if people can just take your ad, your logo out of an ad and replace it with your competitors and no one tell the difference then you haven't got your you haven't got your brand your writing your identity strong enough yeah like what you do who you do it for and why why start with why Simon Sinek, there we go, is another another good person to read. Yeah, just just in terms of understanding the purpose of your copy in the first place. Every yeah, yeah. Why are you up in the morning? Why are you write? Why are you do? Yeah, why are you do what you do? And if you can translate that through words, why you do what you do? That's probably the why is more important than the what and the where for sure. But most people focus on the what and the where. Here's an important tip. It's a bit weird, a bit mindsetty, but uh, if you're having a shit day and you want to do a little bit of writing to make yourself feel better, write down, even though you know it in your head, write down why you do what you do. And it will make that bad day feel a little bit less bad. Why do you do what you do? Help people and have fun, genuinely. And that's our business vision. But I wonder, I wonder how many small businesses have have that purpose. I mean, because don't get me wrong, if, if people want to sell stuff whatever it is to make money and it's ethically done hats off to you fill your boots so do what you want but i wonder how many business owners have a purpose that their their team know their yeah. family knows why do you do what you do dad why do you do what you do mum do your team know what your what your mission with the business is what your values are what you stand for cuz cuz those have all got to come through in your writing and uh, don't get me wrong, I've been doing this 25 years and, I, and that's the bit I struggle with the most so that people read, they, they get a sense of what we're about and, oh, these co-break guys, yeah, they're not, they're not, they're not for me. Fine, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, that's, that's saved me time. My, um, Which fear comes into that again. Yeah, I mean, my, my mentor asked, asked me, you know, what, what's your overarching goal for 2022? Makes shit loads of money, wasn't it? <laughs> and I said it's to... I want another Tesla. To, yeah, brilliant. 
Is your charger fixed yet? You've completely ruined my point. Oh, sorry, John. Sorry. It's going yes, to be, my charge- be something really deep now. Yeah, but oh, my, my original charger is now working, and I've got the new charger waiting to be installed. <laughs> so, first of all, problems. Anyway, mine. I said, I said to my mentor, mine is to impact as many people as possible through helping people and having fun. And he said, well, how does that work? I said, well, in business terms, I help the I help health and well-being businesses get more appointments. And in turn, they help the people that they help with their health and well-being business. So I've indirectly mm-hmm. impacted more people. But on a personal level, it's when I'm having a conversation with someone, it's being present, actually listening. How can I help this person overcome whatever it is they're talking to me about? And I know that I've I've been lax in that area of my life and yet it feeds into my purpose it's what it's why i exist and and i know in in my own copywriting and stuff that i haven't always got that across what's what's the core reason i want to do what i do for people or to help as many people as possible and that's that's a powerful message and if if it feels like you're writing things and come the end of it it's not that impactful it's not that powerful then you're writing the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, do you think there can be pressures? So, I don't know, say you are going to commit to posting daily on Facebook or writing a daily email, um, and you've may, maybe made yourself publicly accountable or accountable to your mentor or whatever it mm. might be. You're like, shit, don't what to write today. I'll just bang out any old crap, won't make much of a difference. And I think, I, I'm not saying... Um, compromising the frequencies you can't before you know it get back into the habit of sending an email once every other month or whatever but yeah if you're if your content if you know the frequency is cool but it's a bit wishy-washy you're struggling then yeah you need to help so whether that's outsourcing obviously people like us or whether it is uh, increasing your knowledge by reading books listening to podcasts etc etc something needs to get done because like I say, that, that wishy-washy, vanilla-like piece of copy, that could do more harm than good. Yeah. I mean, like for us, we've got our vision. We've got eight values. Mm-hmm. So immediately, let's, let's say you could write four pieces, of co- favorite. four pieces of copy about your vision and four pieces of copy about each value. So in our case, that's th- 36 pieces of copy before we've got started. So if you're stuck for an idea, that's 36 ideas you've got mm-hmm. there and there. Then technique you use a lot is what's current so what's on at the cinema what's happening on the radio i mean i think there was a popular song about boris over christmas you could certainly turn that into some copy but uh i'm I'm, I'm not going to tell you what it's called um is it rude mm, um does it rhyme or something it rhymes with punt oh okay um and i knew that was first three words was boris is a so and uh who did that then? I, I had a shock about came what the, fifth in the charts at Christmas. I, I had a shock about what the Christmas number one was. The that lad baby again. I love sausage rolls. But yeah. do you know he's topped the Beatles now to have the most consecutive Christmas number ones? Yeah. I, I mean, I his, his, his it. net worth is scary. I mean, my God, Christmas Great number one used to be such such prestige. Oh, don't go wrong, I don't know the bloke. I'm sure he works what's, very hard. But What's stinking? The, the Blobby song was Christmas number one once, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a bit shit as well. But he's had four or five in a row now, hasn't he? Yeah. <clears throat> and all they are is like... <clears throat> plays on other songs. lyrics, using other people's music. And adding the word sausage roll in. Yeah. yeah. 
I do like a sausage roll though. Martha calls me sausage Joel. That's nice. The we- vegan sausage roll at Greg's. If you see me in the Greg's, that's the only reason. Right, Mr. Ray, mm-hmm. what's your final thought on copy that sells? Kiss principle. Keep it super simple. Don't waffle. And the first thing, get a piece of paper, write down why you do what you do and what your business is in one line. So when someone says to you, ah, Joel, well, your name probably isn't Joel, very, very rare name. What do you do? Generate appointments for health and well-being businesses. If you can sum up your business in a line like that, I think that, that can help underpin everything. A lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. Awesome. I'm going to go have a sausage roll. Nice.